Hello, listener. Welcome to the newest show on the New Game Plus Network, where I have been dragged into the K-pop abyss. Yes, I am now being exposed into the world of K-pop, thanks in no part to my new co-hosts, Melissa and Dominique. Hello. Hi. Which one are you? <laughs> oh, hi. This is Dominique. <laughs> yes, is the answer. Yes. <laughs> So a bit of a background here. I know absolutely nothing about K-pop. Um, I don't know how, but I've stayed relatively blind to the world of K-pop um, because I am a grumpy old man instead of my own ways. Okay, we can change you. Oh, wow. That was... <laughs> mm. Mm, that was a little rude. Okay. We will attempt to show you the good music that they have. Yes. Well, you know, we'll see about that. I'm going to Anyway. Um, no, no, no. This is going to be fun. Um, so, okay. So, yeah. I know nothing about K-pop, but um, listen, Dominique, what is your guys' experience with K-pop? So, I'll start. Um, I am, beta backstory, I'm probably the youngest one of the three. Well, I am the youngest one of the three, not probably, but I've been in K-pop the longest being Korean American. I've grown up with Korean music all my life. So honestly, we'll probably end up diving into stuff beyond just K-pop and just like Korean music as a whole. So some of the, um, some things I'll end up just saying offhand that won't make much sense to people that aren't hardcore into it, but that's my job here is to be the old man here. The experienced wise old sage. You're the young old man. Yes. <laughs> Youngest old man. <laughs> it does. And this, and you know, Don, uh, Don Mami mentioned this, like, she is by no means a know-it-all expert, first of all. Like, oh, mistakes yeah, no. probably and will be made here on this show occasionally, and we'll do our best to make sure we catch that stuff and address it in a future episode. Yeah. All right, Melissa. Um, I'm a baby still in all of this. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. I I've actually like just recently. I think it was just about two years. I really started listening to K-pop, and it it has actually really grown on me. Because I, I actually was very much like you, Daniel, when mm -hmm. I first, like, before I started listening to it, of, oh, it's, you know, it's just another type of music. I don't, you know, it never really interested me, and I didn't really care to get into it, and then, you know, I fell in a hole. Yeah, she fell in a hole. <laughs> I I no, guys, I remember the branding, you fell into the abyss. <laughs> it's a hole to the abyss. I dug it myself, and then it's just endless. <laughs> I'm just falling, like, perpetually. Hey. <laughs> Dada? Good stuff, good stuff. Um, uh, I believe for Melissa, it's just, uh, like, a little over two years now for her, because she got in right around it was like, 20, early 2018. It was about middle 2018. Mm -hmm. Because it was, I want to say, like, July... 2018 i don't because i remember seeing it on facebook like 
one of it wasn't like when I started listening to it but it was when we were hanging out the day that you started showing me more stuff that kind of led to me kind of going down the path myself for the record (laughs) for the record when I saw that picture it wasn't actually my fault like there are like I I did all I did was point her in a direction and then she kind of looked at the thing in my hand grabbed it into her hands looked at it and then took off running and then fell into a hole so you're saying you're basically Virgil in this case leading Dante into the inferno but I didn't lead her into it I just wanted someone to agree with me you put a finger I get it Okay, here, I'll, I'll put it in a perspective that you'll understand, Daniel. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah. So, um, because at the time, her favorite from NCT 127, his name is Taeyong. And then so he had pink hair at some point. Um, and it really made him look like a Final Fantasy character, like Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning Farron from Final Fantasy 13, like just a uh-huh. male version of her. And then so like I was just like, look, it looks like the Final Fantasy boy, right? And she's like, oh no, it really does. Like, what the heck? Like, that's not a real person. And then and then I'm like, yeah, like here's this song, like right now, like people have gone like thirsty for him. And like there's a part in the video where he like kind of kicks at the camera. And then I'm just like, if you scroll down in the comments, you find comments like, oh, you can step on me anytime. You can kick me, you know, like typical thirst post, right? And then she's like, oh, what the heck? I mean, and every like, band that has them. Then a yeah, week later, I turned around and was just like, so you remember that group you showed me? Yeah. What else have they done? <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like oh god what 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 is happening well because like think about it like it's like we we were like we went on this like walk for exercise purposes and then we like came back i showed her a couple things because we we're just hanging out and we we're just i was just kind of messing around we we're just doing random stuff and then eventually she goes home and then and then like basically i'm just like sitting in my room and all of a sudden a messenger message pops up and then it says hey and i'm like hey like what do you want like w- w- did we have something planned like what's happening and then she goes we're not just no. message, like just randomly yeah like i'll disappear for months on end like off the internet <laughs> and people message me hey are you still alive yes okay good bye <laughs> like that's the extent of my conversations back then and then here she comes like messaging me first and then like i thought she was just gonna ask me if i was still alive again or something like that and then she goes you know that k-pop group you sent me they've not released another song and i'm like yes i know and it's like i really like it okay what's like and like in my mind i'm just thinking what's happening right now like where am i <laughs> like what's happening I fell down and to the Can't abyss yeah you're, you're not coming out of that hole it, it's a forever oh, dark spot <laughs> It's gotten so much worse over the last two years. It just grew, like, it exponential, like, growth of, like, got it, I get it. Uh, let me put this in, like, let me mention another fact that, like, really puts this into perspective. So, I've been in this for, like, well over 20 years now, right, Daniel? You were born in the abyss. Yeah, I was, I was born into this, like, and I have around, like, 
by myself, like just album wise, I have around like 30 to like 35 albums, right? <laughs> I thought it was more than that. Um, it might be around 40, but this is over the span of like 20 plus years. Okay. And this is all physical albums, right? Yeah, these are physical albums because um, we can get into that later when we talk about like K-pop merchandise and stuff. But like mm-hmm. I have around like 35 to 40, but that's over a span of like 40 years. And I don't like duplicates. And, you know, lately a lot of um, people do like different versions of merchandise, right? To like kind of get mm-hmm. people to buy multiple <laughs> things for different stuff. And I don't like duplicates, so I never, I always get the one that I want and I don't get a duplicate. I keep the ones I want and then like the rest I'll either like sell away or give away. Like that's just what I do. But in the span of two years, she has almost the same amount of number. She has the same number of albums as me. Holy shit. Mine was over a span of like 20 plus years. And, like, originally, they were, like, my parents' stuff, like, some of these. Because I think I think when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, when we were actually having this conversation, you mentioned, like, the first one that, like, really you had gotten, I think, was one of the girls' generation ones, I think, right? Um, I think the first, like, actual, like, K-pop thing that, like, I was gifted directly was... Um, specifically Girls Generation's O mini album, and that was the era of G. Um, anything before that, like Boa's number one album, I my parents owned things like Finkutter and stuff like that that I have. Those are all my parents' albums as well. That just um, all I just kind of, yeah. Um, so my first albums were uh, Girls Generation's O mini album with the G era and then uh, Big Bang's album, volume one. That's a really old album now too. And then there was one more, uh, 21's for very first album. I know you have one of the, I think it's Sherlock that you have for Shiny. That was much later. I got that much later. Let me get the conversation also here a bit. Mm-hmm. So up? now that we're kind of like explored our backstories with K-pop, let's ask this question. Like, what is the appeal of K-pop exactly? Why do you guys feel like it's been such an explosion of popularity, especially in the Western market over these last couple of years? It's honestly surprising to me because mm-hmm. I remember when um, second generation groups were kind of in the media here in America and it was in the aspect of hey like look at these like kind of almost factory made idols in Korea that's getting popular here in the United States because the way it works is that companies will um, street cast or just audition people and then cast them into their agency and then they'll train from anywhere from like six Six months to seven years or more honestly and like they're just like oh these are basically like company produced idols like they go through the training and everything and then i remember everyone being of like two minds of it one was like oh it's manufactured they're not real artists like i remember that was a comment going around a lot Mm -hmm. and then 
the biggest thing I remember from that was just being angry because like just because they went through training and stuff doesn't mean they're not artists. Like, what kind of insult is that? Are you just like you're basically degrading all the hard work they went through for years or months on end? And then all of a sudden, like, because you had the second generation where it was hard to get, honestly, get content for those groups outside of like their music sometimes. Hmm. And then you have it, and then YouTube came around. Honestly, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a big part of it is due to YouTube. And then with um, all these idol groups posting their MVs and stuff online, it just like kind of grew in popularity. And then it kind of like went down to a focal point and kind of just exploded with BTS, really. Hmm. Okay. Um. But what's funny about that, though, is because when BTS originally debuted, there really wasn't much noise for them. Honestly, like it was. It was almost dead silent, like there was um, when I first saw their MV, I really thought, oh, here's a group that will be successful. But they never really took off until I want to say BTS's fire. Like they got some noise during dope. Um, hmm. BTS is dope. But then when they came out with fire is when they really like started blowing up and then blood, sweat and tears came out. And that's when they exploded onto the American music market. Cause that's the year they um, were nominated for the social media award. And hmm. I believe they won that. No, hmm. uh, I want to say they won that. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't win it then, they won it the following year afterwards. But they really started getting that popularity. But they, they really started gaining a lot of traction from there. Mm-hmm. And it was right after Blood, Sweat, and Tears, yeah, it just took off. And would you say it's also like the young, our this our younger generation, the current generation, like really because of they're exposed to such an early age, they kind of like it just sprung forth in this popularity. Also, that was that a factor. I mean, like. Boy groups always do, boy groups and like groups in general always tend to do well with the younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of weird how to say that, but like, like, cause I remember when One Direction blew up. Yes. And it, it, like, really with these groups, um, you'll find a lot of the demographics being younger females, yeah. like in their like, what I want to say, like early teens for the most part. And then weirdly, well, not weirdly. Because it is valid, but um, with people within like the mom group range, like the older group range from like thirty on, because One Direction had like the two polarizing age groups like that, and then they had um, like a decent amount in the twenties age range. But yeah, like I think the issue with like K-pop in the beginning was always like because. It was always, oh, how do you listen to music that you don't understand kind of thing? Okay. Which I never understood, but, you know, I'm also Korean, so I did understand yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, like- yeah, Melissa, let's talk about your perspective. And says, obviously, you know, in case you guys can't, can't tell by the voice, you're a white woman, so what's your kind of... <laughs> well, I'm trying to be honest with the audience here. Wow. Yes, it's fine. I'm a white woman. You know that. Yes. And it, it honestly is, is something that I'm questioned about a lot because mm. my parents, knowing that, like, even before I would get into 
K-pop because I would listen, you know, having, you know, enjoyed anime, I would listen to a lot of, you know, Japanese music. They would always just, you know, and I still get questioned to this day of, how do you enjoy this when you don't understand it? And to me, the language on my end, it doesn't bother me. Hmm. As much as it's like, okay, yeah, I can't quite, you know, understand what they're saying. And sometimes reading the lyrics on it, especially with a lot of videos now, they will have the built-in lyrics into sub in the subtitles. So you can, you know, as they're singing, it's like, okay, you can kind of read along and know exactly what they're talking about. And sometimes, you know, the way that it might sound in, you know, for the song might be really catchy and like the words are just like a little bit more deep. Or, you know, like they wouldn't, they aren't what you expect. But to me, it's, I like the, like the actual music. And as, as long as it's something that for me, if I can really, you know, enjoy, I will still listen to it. You know, because if it's the type that I can blare in my car and, you know, just kind of dance around to, that's where I enjoy it the most. So it's the I idea of like, like of this music just having an effect on you no matter what it is, no matter what genre, no yeah. matter what language. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, like, yeah. there's always that saying, like, um, what was it? Like, music is a universal language. Yes. Because, like, it really is. It's just, like, you just need to find something that you can get into. I remember... um there was one point in America, like, um, there was this French song that really blew up. Um, I want to say it was called Papa Otai or something like that. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm probably horribly butchering that name. But um, that French song blew up and it was just kind of, and then I'm just like, when that blew up, I'm just kind of like, so you're like statements about basically like any music in general, like saying, oh, I can't listen to that because I can't understand it. It's really just invalidated because if you can enjoy the beats, if you can even mm -hmm. enjoy the lyrics in conjunction with the beats, then who really cares if you like this style of music or if you like a specific country's music? Okay. You, you can say the same thing with, like Latin music or yes, yeah. music in like Despacito was like number one song yeah, for like the longest time. Yeah. The Gangnam style blew up in 2012 for a reason I still don't understand. Like Psy has so much better music and of all things that blew up, it was a song where it was just really him like not messing around, but like just kind of doing whatever he wants. I think it was I think it was the meme of it more than anything. Yeah. That really got people. Yeah, it didn't really cause an explosion, you know, overseas that really BTS did. Mm. If everyone kind of knew about it and still knows about it, but the growth that you really see in the last couple years, it, it wasn't because of you know size music. Mm, I would say like Psy kind of like. He kickstarted helped, it. He helped open a gate that was cr already cracked open, because you you do have to acknowledge the fact that previous like groups that came before um, even BTS like came before 2PM like from the very beginning like each new kind of era of K-pop kind of just kicked open a door and left it. So, like, the people that come after them can really just shove it open and step on the stage. 
like I, I would have to say people have to acknowledge that even if mm. like you have people that don't want to or they're just really toxic about it in general it's just you do have to acknowledge there were others that helped set kind of like at least a foundation for them to really go and then break through that final gate hmm. um but uh, there is something i would like there is something that i wouldn't leave out with um k-pop or just music in general like foreign or otherwise Mm-hmm. and just general content in other languages is like i wouldn't take any translations as gospel kind of thing like cuz to understand the nuances behind a language it it takes a lot not like if you're just learning kind of in america by yourself or like even through a class unless you really immerse yourself in that culture you won't understand all the nuances behind certain jokes um certain expressions and a lot of people end up taking things the wrong way because of that cuz they're like oh but the translation said this and then you're just kind of like not it's not the context in what it was meant as because even in america um if a korean speaker try to understand an american like just speaking english like um, english is a worldwide universal language almost like it's not universal but like it's uh, it's one of the most spoken languages in the world and everyone uses it for whether it be business purpose or just to kind of use it as a global language there are nuances be- uh, behind english like especially between american english and then there's nuances in british english like that are just totally different and we don't get it because we don't have that background it's really hard to say that translations are the end all be all like i've seen so many cases like even i don't get all of korean nuances mm-hmm. because um it's just how it is i like despite me having grown up speaking this language it's not like i live there and get all of the references that they have growing up over mm-hmm. there in korea but yeah, like I was saying, like I've seen so many references of that. Like um, to reference one thing, I keep seeing um, in the case of like there's a G Idol um, had recently had a YouTube like video set where they were like kind of like going through this like quote unquote Neverland, and they had to play games and stuff to get open this door. Um, and then there's one translation at one point they were exiting the car and they're um set as like partners with each other and then um one of the foreign members turned around and said um uh, misspoke and said my jangu mm-hmm. um and then the translation said my fate but jangu doesn't mean fate um she misspoke she said my jakung which means my partner uh-huh. um Jangu in Korean is a uh, reference to a to crayon shinchan. <laughs> oh. So in Jangu um it would be more it would mean more crayon. So that's why um one of the other members laughed when they heard um her say Jangu and then the member she was speaking to um trying to say my Jakung they she was like what are you talking about Jangu? 
Like it's a very subtle difference there between the word because Jangu Jakung. Um, if you're not Korean, it could eventually sound the same, yeah. if, especially if it's speak spoken very quickly. Okay. So yeah. Talk about about like pronunciation of stuff because I've expressed that. <laughs> she she complains Korean pronunciation is hard. <laughs> this is what happened when I allowed Dom to convince me that I should go ahead and like learn how to read and write, and she tries to explain like the pronunciation of stuff, and I'm just sitting there going, "They all sound the same. What are you talking about?" <laughs> so, so for for someone like Dom, like hearing um like it, it might come a little bit easier, whereas for me, it would probably be like, "No, this that that's the same. What are you talking about?" Yeah, because um, Korean honestly is a very, very hard language to learn. It's mm-hmm. easy to learn how to read and write it. Like it's quite easy. There's not that many characters, and they can only be used in so many ways, right? So, re- oh. learning to read and write it is a completely different beast to uh, learning to speak it. Hmm. All right. So, as we're kind of winding down our first episode, I, I just want to ask this like general question. You guys can expand it how you feel, but. With the way K-pop is kind of like in the current zeitgeist now, do you feel like it's here to stay, or is it another trend that will eventually die out? Mm, here's the thing. All trends eventually die out. Yes. I, what I think will happen is it'll end up kind of being a music staple in the United States, because I think at this point, like, it's not something they can really write off. Mm-hmm. Especially since like the K-pop fandoms just grow every day, really. So it's not something they can write off, but I think it will... The trend of people liking K-pop just because they want to be a part of the culture kind of thing. Like they want to be like part of the pop culture. Like, yeah, I like K-pop. I'm totally like within this like phenomena popular phenomena right now like i'm hoping that mm-hmm. will die down like the trend of joining mm-hmm. just because oh that's the most popular that's thing yeah, yeah that, that's the thing that's in like i i'm hoping it'll die down like using k-pop kind of as like the new handbag or the new fashion item like i'm mm-hmm. hoping that will die down because i want to say that's kind of an issue with um some bts people a uh, bts army fan because their fandom's called ARMY. And so I feel like there are people within that that are just doing it just because, oh, hey, like this is the new in thing. And then they're giving actual fans a bad name because those same people that are kind of using it as a trend are going and attacking other fandoms and stuff. Like, hmm. I'm hoping that ends. What about you, Melissa? I pretty much agree with what Don was saying that like as time goes on, I feel like it'll just kind of stabilize as a genre of music that you'll see, you know, just normally. It won't be like the biggest fad out there because something else will probably come up, you know, I have 10 years down the line even that will be like the big thing that everyone will, you know, start getting into. As you know, because everything's going to evolve in time, you know, everyone's going to try and create something new. But it's one of those things that, especially right now, as a lot more groups are being, you know, are, are you know, being well known, you know, are like growing in popularity in this, you know, at least in the States, let alone in 
other places outside of the states just abroad out of korea that as those kind of get popular and hopefully people will you know, take the time to get in and start looking at other groups that it'll just become a normal you know like it's you know k-pop is on the same level as your rock groups as your pop mm. group Okay. metal whatever like whatever genre of music you really listen to that it's not just because you know it's so pushed in you know in your face because you know it's being pushed so heavily all right all right so only and who knows where i'll end up in this but um yeah uh obviously it's the first episode here but as we go along episode guys um we're gonna be starting a segment called um I actually don't have a name for it yet, but every, <laughs> we actually don't. Yeah, huh, I just realized we never actually came up with a name of the segment. But every week, yeah. um, Melissa and Dominique and you guys can suggest to me a song that I had to listen throughout the whole week and kind of um, get uh, give it give like a small review on it, or else I cannot leave the abyss. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, but at least then I can. <laughs> You guys are cruel. You guys are really mean. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't stop her. All I did was come up with the name of the podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I just roll with it. We've already established that's what I do. <laughs> yes, that, that's what you do. So, yeah, look forward to uh, hearing down in the next episode what song that I had to listen to throughout the whole week. But um, if you want to give a suggestion, please hit up, up on the official show Twitter at ngpluspodcast on Twitter or an email ngpluspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our own personal socials, which is mine, is at Perpetual Player and Dominique and Melissa. Mine is at Thus the Raven. I'm at Subject Spare. And guys, if you really like what we do, please leave us a like, a comment, a rating on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. And if you really, really, really like us, please share with your friends. It will really help us grow. But until then, this is Daniel, Melissa, and Dominique saying goodbye from the K-Pop Abyss. Bye, everybody. Bye.